Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. I have got a super special guest today, one of my best friends, uh, Dan Eck. Uh, I can usually refer to these guys as coaches, but I, Coach, Mr. Eck is not currently coaching right now, so I'll just call him Dan. How about that? Um, Dan has spent time as a coach before. He spent time at the University of Nairobi as the head football coach, spent time at Benedictine University as a quarterback's coach, and got his start back in Springfield, Illinois in the Central State 8, coaching at Southeast High School and Landfair High School as the JV head coach and also handling quarterbacks, wide receivers, and defensive backs. Uh, Dan is one of my closest friends. I've known Dan since we were 10? Yeah. 10 years old. So. Yep. A long time, uh, and it's I'm super excited to have him. It's a pleasure to have you on, Mr. Eck. How's it going? It's going great, man. I'm I'm glad to be here and 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 excited. It's uh, as the dad of two little girls, I don't get to talk football very often these days. So <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome to uh, to talk a little football. So absolutely, absolutely. So first question I got to ask, and I ask everybody this: um, Talk to me about how the offensive line played a, a part in the success of some of the good teams you were on. Yeah, you know, I I think when I think about the, the multiple offenses that I've coached in and or played in, um, you know, that, the fundamental piece of, of whatever offense we were running our system or scheme that we had, uh, it came down to those, those guys up front and the way that they, um, you know, are able to communicate between each other. And, you know, as a quarterback myself, as a, as a player, and then, um, you know, as a coach, uh, often working on the offensive side of the ball, you know, it's just the, the way that those offensive linemen, you know, they set the table for everything that you mm-hmm. are about to do. And, um, you know, so, so I think that, that when we think about the offensive lines that I've been a part of with the great success was it wasn't just that they were willing to put in the work and to do the work um that I think that's always common with an offensive lineman um but I think what it always was about was that relationship you know it always wowed me the relationship that that went across those you know five to to ten guys depending on how deep you were that relationship between them uh, if that was a good relationship and that they were they were good communicators, got along both well on the field and off the field, um, that was usually a good sign that we were going to be at least pretty decent at a minimum up front. Uh, right. And if we're good up front, then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll rack up some yardage somewhere. So Right. Absolutely. And that's kind of the 
you know, the, the common theme, the common thread is that relationship and that bond that, that offensive linemen have. And, and it's, uh, it's always important. It's always, it's always important to have that, you know, uh, for any football player team, but when you get that real close bond, that's uh, again, like you said, that's when those really special teams kind of happen. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. you know, you and I, I forgot um, kind of the timeline, but you and I both got started in coaching. Kind of, I mean, truthfully, if you look at it kind of late, yeah, um, I think you were 25. I was mm-hmm. 26. I, you know, I started. The, you started in 2006. I started in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know from my own experiences why I got into it. Um, what you know, what kind of gave you that itch? Gave you that that bite to get into it? And, and um, you know, obviously so late. Um, and, and what what sort of what do you remember most about kind of those early early years of coaching? Great question. You know, I, you know me and you know my family real well, and, and uh, I come from a long line of coaches, albeit mostly baseball coaches. Um, yeah, and, but it's still coaching, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that, that, that mentality of, of teaching and, and kind of that, that was, um, you know, just something I was, I was raised with an appreciation for being able to pass on um, knowledge experience, but then also to be able to relate to, to players and just the, the nature of how as a coach, you have the opportunity to, to literally change a young man's life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what ultimately drew me in, um, into coaching was just that opportunity to, um, you know, um, help out another friend who, who needed a coach. Uh, I had been interested in coaching, um, and, and, you know, you got, I got sucked in right away. Uh, and, you know, I think that the thing, if I think about those early years, it's, it's, you're so excited to be on the sidelines. You're so excited to be coaching mm-hmm. and um, you don't know what you don't know yet. Right. You might know the game of football really well, uh, but knowing the game of football and being a coach, a teacher, uh, sometimes being a, uh, a, 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 a surrogate, uh, parent at times, right. <laughs> uh, you know, those, those roles as a coach, uh, you're not prepared for that. And, and if you're not paying attention to, to those dynamics, um, you know, I think you burn out of the coaching realm real quick or, or you, uh, you're that, you find yourself being that coach who's often, uh, uh yelling at guys as opposed to, to yelling to, to, so that they can hear you or motivate right. them or, or get them going in the right direction. And, um, you know, so I think that was the hardest thing for me. I had a lot of conversations with my dad, uh, early on, there was a great conversation. I remember when I was coaching at Southeast and I said, dad, I'm telling these guys how to run this drill. And, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know how else to say it. They're just, they don't get it. They don't care. They're clearly, they clearly don't care or they wouldn't, or they'd be doing what I asked them to do. My dad said, um, uh, I think you've forgotten what your, what your role is as the coach. Your job is to get them to do the drill. Mm-hmm. And so if you're communicating it to them and they're not getting it, that's not on them. That's on you. You need to try a different way of communicating. You need to understand what it is that they need to hear from you in order to do what you need them to do. That was sage advice from a, from a seasoned coach uh, right. who's had a lot of success in his own right. And, you know, that, that conversation and, and that, that, you know, acknowledging that, okay, you, you can know a lot about football. Uh, but you, it's time to know a lot about humans and how to get humans to, to, to listen and understand and, and get the best out of them. And uh, that was, that was um, not an easy lesson to learn, but one I learned early on, thankfully. Right. And that's, and, you know, coming from, from your dad, who's such a, 
a chill guy anyways. And I'm sure, and I don't know if I've ever seen your dad coach, but I would assume he coaches kind of the same, the same way as he is in, in person. Yep. Absolutely. And so, you know, from, from him, I can, I can just picture him saying that to you and kind of relaying that message to you, but it's a message that all coaches have to hear at some point, you know, what, what are you, what is your message to your guys? How are you relaying it? And what do you have to do to change it so that everybody can, benefit from that message and and we've all got to hear it at some point and um you know you've got the like you said you had the the great advice from a guy who won a billion baseball games at shg and and so uh, i think he kind of knows what he's talking about are you there danimal hello All right, Dan, uh, next question I had for you was, um, you know, I want to hear about your time in Nairobi because I, I remember how excited you were when you guys went. And obviously you went to Nairobi with for your wife uh, through work and et cetera, et cetera. We won't get into that. But um, you basically started this football team from scratch. And I can remember you um, reaching out all over America and to all sorts of professional leagues and, and high school teams to get equipment and, and, and finally getting that. But Talk to me just about that process and kind of what, you know, obviously the struggles you had, but, but just some of the moments when you kind of sat back and, and, and really just enjoyed the, the opportunity in the process. Yeah, man, that was, uh, I get actually chills just kind of thinking about it because of how just what an awesome experience it was. Um, but yeah, as you pointed out, right, lots of challenges that it came with, you know, and they, you know, they had American football, American football had been brought there back in the nineties by some NFL guys, but they had come for like a week or two and they'd left right. equipment from the nineties and that's what they had. And they'd had no consistent coaching. There was no organized fashion to it all. Um, and so, you know, having that opportunity to bring some organization around the game itself, around what practices look like and, you know, just uh, uh, where they are now today. I mean, they've now completed, uh, since I've left country, uh, they've now completed to two, I think two or three collegiate football seasons now, um, having multiple universities playing now. They're playing in, in half gear and stuff like that. But, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, it was just, it was just such a cool um, experience and a, a humbling one because, you know, you're, you're teaching young men, uh, who've played rugby or soccer right. uh, their whole life and they've only you know seen football through highlights on YouTube and and things of that nature and so you know when you when you have that opportunity as a coach to 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 you know you're you're, you're no longer just coaching the fundamentals and the X's and the O's of football at that point in time you're coaching the body movements and you're coaching you know the difference you, you know you're, there's not a lot of times in rugby where you're, you're going to have to transition your hips uh, in different, um, you know, and getting in and out of different types of breaks, right? The, the, the movement and the flow of rugby goes in, 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 in really two directions, three directions. Um, and in football, it's just vastly different. So, you know, getting into the nuances of, of you know, and teaching, you know, adults, young adults, uh, how, to, how to do something completely different than what they've ever done. Um, I think it grew me as a coach uh, a lot. You know, you, you really are coaching, you know, the, the, at the very fundamental level, uh, but trying to get a whole program going in a direction where, 
uh, there's some cohesion. And, you know, I, I was the only coach for a long time. Uh, I ended up uh, getting a couple other guys. There was another gentleman uh, who was a Kenyan, local Kenyan, uh, who had spent time playing football in, in uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he came out and helped and, you know, we got him up to speed and uh, got him on with uh, uh, some of the coaches I had worked with in the past to, to help him, you know, kind of develop quickly as a coach. And, and, but it was fun, man. I'll tell you, like there is, um, there, there's a, it, it reminds you why you get into coaching when you're working with folks. Right who are so willing and so eager to learn um, for no other reason than just to learn than just right. to be better that day than they were, um, you know, the, the week before. And that's just, um, it's a super humbling experience. It was, it was, and as you said, not without um, its struggles um, right. for sure, but uh, man, it was, it was a blast. I, I miss those guys. And, and I love when they, they send me videos uh, of, of stuff that they've done. Uh, it's pretty special. Yeah. Now, are they are they playing games? So at present, no, because um, of the COVID stuff. But well, they have, we're right before before all this. Before. Happened, were they playing games? Yeah, yeah. They started playing games um, uh, about six months after I left country. They held their first collegiate season. Okay. Um, with four universities, they're now up to six. Um, and they have, uh, before COVID happened, they were, there was a big plan and a big push. They got some funding. Um, they were going to go down to, uh, Mombasa. Uh, if you're not familiar with Kenya, uh, Nairobi is, um, uh, kind of, um, uh, central part of Kenya, whereas Mombasa is, is, is far on the East coast. Um, and so they were all going to get down to, to Mombasa and run some camps and take, um, uh, take football down there and, and really grow the sport. And they're, they're doing a great job. Um, uh, really proud of, of where they're going with it. And, um, you know, kind of the, the cool thing is, well, when you coach internationally, you get involved uh, with other international folks. You know, I'd had, we had had discussions with uh, folks from Jordan. Uh, we had had discussions with folks from Germany and Belgium uh, to try to come into Nairobi. And, and you know, obviously, uh, logistically, that's, that can be a, a nightmare. So none of those actually came to fruition. But uh, but getting the opportunity to talk with folks around the world and, and how American football um, is really something that um, is just deeply valued. Right. Uh, and, I, and I think for the same reasons that you and I value it, right? Like it's, it is – uh, the sport itself is is fun and in, entertaining, um, but it, it's what you do with the sport and how it changes you as a human. Right. Um, and and that appreciation is is not lost on folks uh, uh, around the world. Right. Absolutely, and that's great. And, you know, I was it was always it was neat to to kind of follow your path along, and I I can remember talking to you when when you could talk or when you were backstage and <laughs> some of the struggles you had. But um, you know, it always seemed like you had a plan um mm-hmm. to move forward and so that's that's just kind of uh it, it was neat to kind of watch that watch that journey so um. yeah i mean i had you're right i had to dig into my tricks uh talk right. with a lot of folks and you know it's just one of those things about even thinking at, at a very uh micro level of how do you run practice when you are the offensive line coach the defensive line coach 
the linebackers coach, the running backs coach, right? So how do you, how do you get all these guys in one place, run an efficient practice when Mm -hmm. you are having to run, you know, the fundamental ABC portion of your, of your practice, how are you going to do that? Right. and, you know, it was conversations with you, uh, conversations with Coach Beaker, uh, Coach Corley, you know, uh, you know, all kinds of folks that really just to help me, you know, process this a little bit. Uh, I was drinking from a fire hose in many regards. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but we did. But like you said, it's all about finding that plan and finding that path forward. And, and we had some really, really good successes. Um, uh, it was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of changing gears a little bit, and I, I don't often talk about this, but I figured I'd have to with, not have to, but I figured I would. With, um, you know, obviously, like I said, we, we knew each other. We, we first met when we were 10, uh, mm-hmm. played three years of junior football league together with the Southwest Bears, um, and then took a little bit of time off before we were teammates again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you obviously went to Sacred Heart Griffin. I went to Springfield High School. You went to, to Benedictine for some time, and I was at Illinois College. Uh, but then – Fate happened to to bring us back together with the Capital City Outlaws, um, and, and we got to play, shoot, ten no, eight years, nine years. Eight years, ten seasons, right? Yeah, now. eight years, ten seasons together with the Capital City Outlaws, and, and I've, talked to, I've talked to Tyson Corley on here who played, and I've talked to, to Aaron Boosinger who played, and now mm-hmm. I'm talking to you, but, uh, you know, what, what are some of your fondest memories of, of that time? Because – I mean, that could go, that could set a five hour <laughs> podcast by itself. But what are some of your fondest memories? Cause it was, well, well, you know, I, I, I have great memories of it, but I just, it, it's always, and we, you and I have talked about this a ton. We, we never really brought it up with our kids when we were coaching because it mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't, right. it wasn't, you know, they didn't kind of go hand in hand together. We had that football experience, but we didn't have to bring up our mm-hmm. adult semi-pro amateur league football <laughs> career right. with them because it was a little bit different but um anyways what what are some of your just fond memories of of that time together man I, we were a family right i think i think that was the biggest thing for me as a as a young man you know um trying to find his way in this crazy thing called life um you know the outlaws and semi-pro provided me a place to to belong mm-hmm. and um and not just belong but belong with a purpose and realize what that actually means you know um and i think so the fondest memories for me i mean i can remember the games and i can remember in particular the bad games uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> i can um but you know i i more than anything i think what i remember is just the, the utter utter reliance that we had on each other um and, and what that meant, just, just again, what that meant as a young man trying to find his way in the world, um, figure out what I wanted to do with my life and, and all those types of things. And, and if it were not for, and I, I tell people this all the time, that, that my semi-pro years are some of the most fond memories of my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not that my time with my daughters aren't, aren't special, they absolutely are, but I wouldn't be the dad that I am today. I wouldn't be the mental health counselor that I am today. I wouldn't be, uh, you know, the employee that I am for my organization, if not for the things that I learned from, from Tony Schiffman's and the Aaron Boosingers and the coach Lawson's and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, it, those experiences and, and what they mean to me will, will forever. And, and I think to your point about why we don't share those is I didn't, I didn't, I didn't play the game to, 
for that recognition, right? right. It was, I, I, you know, as you know, I had a neck injury that prevented me from being able to, to, to play collegiately uh, like I'd hoped. And, and so I felt like I owed football um, right. more because of what it taught me and the place that it gave me. Right. Uh, going back to JFL. And, and so I had unfinished business or I, you know, I wasn't done with the game and I didn't feel like the game was done with me. Uh, although when I watched the old film, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm curious, maybe I, I shouldn't have been playing, but. Uh. Oh boy, don't even get, don't even get me started. You can, you can watch, you can, I know I've watched myself and you can just see the steady decline in my, oh my, in my level of play. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was, um, you know, but I, I, what I will tell you is that the law that when I got into coaching, there was a drastic change in the way that I played and approached the game. Right? Yeah, oh, like, definitely. Oh, definitely. Um, I was, I, I, my fundamentals, I was no longer a backyard quarterback. I started to become, um, you know, a, a guy who had to follow what he was teaching. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it, it, it changed me. Um, and I feel like, you know, if I had, a, had we coached a little earlier, maybe my best years would have been uh, um, a little better. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a, the fondest memories I have are those types of things. And, yeah. and just the shared experiences um, of the ups and of the downs and, and um, and those types of things. It was just, um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't be who I am today if not for those years. It's, and, uh, it's yeah. funny you say that though. Cause like I can, I mean, for myself, like the fondest memories I have, like, yeah, the games were great. And I can remember, you know, the, the championships and, and some of the accolades we hit, but like, I remember going to, to Alex's house. And I yeah. remember, I remember the, I couldn't tell you one thing about, certain games but i could tell you everything about the bus trip back and yeah. and, and those types of memories that were yep. just awesome i mean and and just things that that again one of those you know i wasn't i, I wasn't done with football i didn't want to give it up and and so i you know stubbornly held on for <laughs> way too long and and uh and but it was fun but it was yeah. it, like you know we got to play with our, our our friends and um you know our 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 post-game parties were legendary and our, right. our, our end of the year parties were legendary at, at Alex's house when, when literally everybody on the team would show up and mm -hmm. they would bring their, their wives, they would bring their girlfriend, they would bring their children. And sometimes their wife and their girlfriend. Yeah. Right. right? No kidding. <laughs> um, and it would just be fellowship and, and enjoyment yeah. and laughs and smiles and just Absolutely. great times. Absolutely. Well, and yeah. if you think about too, you know, I, I, I grew up, um, you know, just a little bit sheltered experience. Right. Right. And the, and the opportunity, the things that I learned from the opportunity to play with, with guys that, that otherwise likely my life would have never crossed paths with. Oh, and absolutely. Having, having that opportunity uh, to learn from different individuals and where they came from and, and, and different things that they had experienced. And again, I'll just say it like without those experiences, I would not have been the coach that I was. And mm -hmm. I, and again, I, I, I vehemently, or I, I'm, I rather adamantly say that, uh, uh, as a counselor, I, I pull on those experiences, right? right. On the very real conversations that we had sometimes on that bus ride, right. right? Or, or at Alex's house, once, uh, everyone had the, the courage enough to, to talk about difficult things. And it was just, it was, that's the stuff, like you said, that, that stuff I'll remember forever. I'm, I might forget 
and uh, you know, I might turn some of my games into fishing stories. I threw twelve touchdowns, or uh, <laughs> you know, seven. seven. <laughs> that was that, that's that's. I will I will say this, not to interrupt you. That's one of my favorite Danek stories, though, is that you came out of, re- of like about a two or three year hiatus where you hadn't yeah. maybe not that long, about two years where you hadn't played. Mm-hmm. You showed up in an emergency situation the mm-hmm. day of the game. No offense, probably about forty pounds overweight. Forty pounds, yeah, grass weight. And you proceeded to throw 40 passes for like 350 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah. And I don't think we ran the ball five times that entire game and we won. And I just, that was like, Oh wow. It's like, that's, that's, but that's Dan Eck in a nutshell right there. Like, (laughs) it's like, okay, I can play. It's an emergency. Sure. I'll be down. Whatever. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you, 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 uh, that was, that was a fond memory for me. One, it was, it was my opportunity to get back to my, my uh, high school alma mater and oh, get an opportunity true, yeah. to play on that field, um, you know, which was really special. But, but the receivers that I got to play with that day, I yeah. mean, I'll tell you right, like <laughs> my nephew could have thrown seven touchdowns that day with right. those guys. And, um, but, yeah, that was a spe- – and, yes, you're right, I was about 40 pounds overweight. It, uh, it, a, it showed. Yeah. But you knew it. It's, it's all right. It's, it's why right. you wear the rib protectors and you say, oh, no, no, I'm just really protected. Yeah, it's rib, it's rib patch, right. <laughs> all right. Well, last question I got for you, Dan, and then we'll get you out of here. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from, from guys you've coached, guys you played with, or guys you were a fan of, uh, who would be on that five-man offensive line? Oh, my goodness. What a great question. Uh, obviously, we got to give all um, – all due credit to the, to the great Aaron Boosinger. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, I think without a doubt, um, without a doubt, he goes on there. Uh, man, that is a great question. That's a hard question. Cause it, it. It, when you said, when you threw in the coaching piece of it, oh, yeah. there, there was a kid, I don't remember if you remember his last name, but Joey, at South, when I was the at big South, guy, yes. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking God. about him when, as you were talking about Southeast, cause I remember you guys were that, Foot yeah, foot double wing, wing and I cannot yeah. remember his name. Joey, and I'm for blanking on his last name, but oh my God, he would go on there. That kid, he was special. I yeah. mean, he was truly, truly something special. Um, so I put Joey on there. Um, um, I'm trying to think of, of man, that is it. How many do I get? You get five. You get a, I get you get five. a full offensive line. Yeah. Whew. All right. Um, I mean, I listen. I know I, this is going to come as a bias, but you, you were my center for all those years. And, and, and candidly, the one game that you were – one of the games – one of the few games you were not my center uh, is when I, um, I blew out my patella uh, because of a, a terrible snap. Uh, so, so I have to put Tony Schiffman in there. Um, uh, again, the, the, the relationship between a quarterback and, a, and, a, uh, and their center, uh, you have to permit me that bias, everyone. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> – so, so I have to put Tony on there. Um, you know, I think there, uh, there's a, there's a young man out that, that I've worked with in, in, um, uh, Kenya. Thais, um, was a, I mean, this kid was, if he'd have grown up here in the United States, uh, I have no doubt uh, that he'd played a lot of meaningful football, right. uh, uh, in the United States. Um, uh, you know, his work ethic and his ability, um, you know, he could play inside, he could play outside. Uh, he, he wasn't, he was not very uh, good at, at the shotgun snaps, but he could also <laughs> play center. Um, but he was uh, just a, a athletic big fella who could really 
um, moving. So yeah, certainly him. Oh man. You know, I got to put, I got to put Tyson Corley in there um, on, on the sheer athleticism that he had, mm-hmm. right? Like you do not see a gentleman, a, a guy that big be that athletic. Right. Right. Um, I mean, if you think about the way you played basketball with him, um, yeah, I mean, he was, he was really, really pretty good. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think. So how many, that was four. That's four. Of one more, uh, Mount Rushmore. I, I wouldn't have to go with, uh, and I know this name uh, might, uh, drive if, if you, uh, if you're from the CS8 area, I'm going to have to say Eric Schulenberg. Eric okay. Schulenberg as a junior. Eric Schulenberg as a junior. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think he was – He was. Um, yeah, going back to the high school days. As a junior in particular, he was really – he was really good. He gets – I tell you what, for as good as the league is now, he probably doesn't get the respect he deserves – in the in the in the history of history of, of the it, Central yeah. State Eight, because mm-hmm. he he was I mean you you know obviously I I played against him uh, mm-hmm. we were teammates with the Southwest Bears Southwest Bears um, yeah but he he was as good as it gets like you said that I mean we'll throw senior year out just because right. I know it's not we were terrible right <laughs> and it's 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 usually thrown out in something in, in SHG conversation anyways but right um yeah for for a time he was probably. Uh, he was probably the best lineman in the league for for a year yeah. and a half, two years. Yeah, um, and, and so yeah, I can I can see that. That's a that's a good one. That's um again, it's gonna most people are gonna scratch their head and say who? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and if you think about you know what I kind of wish in uh, in some regards for for a guy like an Eric Schulberg, right? Is uh, if he if he'd have played in today's games, uh, the way that offenses move today, and the way mm-hmm. that we let offensive linemen get out in space. Um, and, and really, you know, we allow offensive linemen today to be athletes, um, as opposed to just thudders. And, um, you know, I think he would have, I think he would have really, um, been even a a better talent in some of today's offenses. And so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that senior year is forgettable for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. I understand. We all have them. So, yeah. Um, well, all right, Dan, you know, this is, the, we'll end this a little differently because I know you're not a big Twitter guy and, and really don't have, <laughs> have, have anything to, to give, but, um, you know, you can find Dan on Facebook. If anybody wants to talk quarterback player offense with him, he's, he's always willing to, to chat about football. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, I appreciate you coming on, man. And, and, um, yeah. you know, wish you the best of luck and, and hope you're, you guys are all healthy and, and happy and safe. And, um, you know, it, it's it's sad that tomorrow is the Fourth of July because, man, we we could have been out back playing, playing yep. some backyard golf and yep. wiffle ball, but and wiffle ball. Although you know, Edgar Ewing uh, kind of ruined backyard golf when he hit the neighbor's house that one day. True, but, uh, that's true. Uh, you know, so you got to play it in secret. But uh, but yeah, and 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 thanks for having me on it. And as you said, you know, if anyone wants to talk quarterbacks and. Um, uh, be on the lookout. I'm going to have start some podcasts soon too. And I'm going to have Tony on to talk about mental health in, in terms of what does everyday mental health look like for in the game of football? Uh, you know, how it's a, such a hot topic today. Um, and as a counselor, I think there's just a, you know, I see a lot of anal- uh, analogies between the crazy thing called life and the game of football. And um, yeah, so excited to start that. And I'll be excited to have you on to, awesome. to talk about that uh, from a, from an O-lineman's perspective. So, so thanks for having
Can't wait, man. Appreciate you coming on. Love you, buddy. Uh, Love you too, soon. man. All right, bud. Be well. See ya. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome...